I'm Denise Densai, and here are the stories making headlines in the Philippines and across the globe. We begin with a grimmer forecast from researchers of the University of the Philippines on the country's COVID-19 fight. They now expect the Philippines' coronavirus tally to reach up to 85,000 by the end of July, citing faster transmission of the virus across the country. That is a higher projection compared to their previous forecast of 60,000 by July 31st. The Philippines managed to surpass UP's original projection on Thursday. Um. Inaasahan natin yung mga solutions natin ngayon, uh, gagana, uh, hindi ko pa nakikitang July or August mag-flatten siya, maybe baka by September. The Philippines' COVID-19 tally breaches the 63,000 mark. The health department logged 1,841 single-day new infections Friday. Of the total cases, over 39,000 are classified as active. The death toll is now at 1,660 after 17 more fatalities are reported. 311 additional patients recover from the respiratory illness, raising the total to 21,748. Hundreds of residents in the Philippine city of Navotas arrested on the first day of the two-week lockdown there. The city government says some 349 individuals violated ordinances on proper wearing of face mask, physical distancing, and a 24-hour curfew for minors. The local government is imposing the lockdown as active cases in the city stand at more than 600. Hundreds of additional security forces have been deployed to Navotas to help implement quarantine protocols. The Philippine city of Caloocan temporarily shuts down one of its major hospitals. Mayor Oscar Malapitan says he has ordered the six-day closure of the Caloocan City Medical Center South after some of its staff, including nurses, tested positive for COVID-19. The hospital will undergo decontamination and will reopen on July 23rd. Those who were diagnosed with the disease have already been quarantined and contact tracing efforts are underway. The Philippine Health Department endorses to the National Bureau of Investigation and the police a complaint filed against Senator Aquilino Coco Pimentel III for allegedly breaching COVID-19 quarantine protocols. Health Undersecretary Maria Rosario Vergeres says the endorsement is part of the agency's regular process. The complaint was filed by Attorney Rico Hicho, who accused Pimentel of breaching quarantine when he accompanied his pregnant wife to the Makati Medical Center in March, just days after he underwent testing for the new coronavirus. The senator later tested positive. Earlier this week, Pimentel submitted to the Justice Department a counter-affidavit claiming he was not a person under investigation when he went to the hospital and therefore did not need to undergo self-quarantine. Foreign travelers can enter the Philippines starting next month. Malacanang says the Pandemic Interagency Task Force approved the new policy, but with conditions. Foreigners must have existing and valid visas at the time of entry. This means no new entry visa will be accepted. Foreigners will also be subject to the maximum capacity of inbound passengers at the port of entry, with priority given to returning overseas Filipino workers. Foreigners should also pre-book an accredited quarantine facility and a COVID-19 test provider. The Philippines imposed travel restrictions for exit and entry into the country in March. 
News overseas, another record daily increase in coronavirus cases in the United States. Health authorities there reported 70,000 single-day new infections, raising America's total to more than 3.5 million. Over 138,000 have also died from COVID-19 in the U.S. The nation's top infectious disease expert says the U.S. needs to regroup. Southern states, particularly exemplified by Florida, California, Arizona, Texas, have seen surges that are really quite disturbing. Uh, surges, as you mentioned, that have gone up to over 60,000 cases a day. That obviously is something that we must address. Dr. Fauci warns COVID-19 cases could soon top 100,000 a day if Americans do not take appropriate steps to halt the spread of the disease. But despite the alarming figures, President Trump continues to pat himself on the back. He claims cutting regulatory barriers helped the U.S. in fighting the pandemic since it saved jobs and lives. In a These record time, we're doing fantastic lives, speeding up the production of equipment. That means ventilators like nobody's ever seen before. Probably the greatest source of manufacturing, the greatest achievement since World War II. We're now making ventilators for countries all over the world. India reaches a grim milestone as its number of COVID-19 cases breaches the 1 million mark. It is the third country to reach that number behind only the United States and Brazil. Authorities in India this week imposed fresh lockdowns and designated new containment zones in several states. Still, there are concerns about the country's readiness to confront the surge in cases that could overwhelm hospitals and test its weak health care system. Worldwide, the new coronavirus has infected over 13.8 million people. More than 589,000 have died, while over 7.7 .7 million have recovered. As coronavirus cases worldwide continue to rise, the United Nations raises its appeal to combat the pandemic. The world body now asking wealthy nations to donate $10.3 billion to help low-income and fragile countries. That's up from its initial $2 billion request in March and $6.7 billion in May. But so far, the UN humanitarian chief, Mark Lowcock, says they have only received $1.7 billion. He urges G20 nations to step up support now, as he warns a failure to do so could undo decades of development and create a generation's worth of tragic problems. Lowcock says up to 265 million people could face starvation by the end of this year. A dangerous new front in the cyber wars between Russia and the West. Multiple countries accuse Moscow of trying to steal coronavirus vaccine research. A coordinated statement from the UK, the US and Canada attributes the attacks to APT29, also known as Cozy Bear, which is associated with Russian intelligence. The group is widely suspected of hacking the Democratic Party before the 2016 US elections. Uh, to have the Russian government engaged in that endeavor, I think is uh, needs calling out, and I think the world should know it. We worked very closely with our allies um, to ensure uh, that we would take measures to keep that information safe, and we continue to do so, and we're aware of those activities. The Kremlin has rejected the allegations, insisting they are not backed by proper evidence. 
Back here at home, presidential spokesman Harry Roque shrugs off a lawyer's dare for him to provide basis for his claim that President Duterte is 88% healthy. In a letter addressed to Roque, lawyer Dino de Leon had said he made his request on the presumption that the spokesman makes declarations that have both factual and legal basis. De Leon was the same lawyer who urged the Supreme Court to compel Duterte to disclose his health records. His petition was dismissed last May. But Mr. Roque says De Leon has had his day in court and should accept his defeat graciously. Philippine Senator Bongo on the receiving end of social media backlash after he asked the National Bureau of Investigation to look onto online posts critical of him. On Thursday, Go confirmed the NBI had issued several subpoenas to individuals all over the country, including a college student. Some netizens hid go over the incident for supposedly using due process as an excuse. Many turned to sarcasm and memes, cursing the senator with a hashtag that topped Twitter's trending list on Friday. The Philippines' controversial anti-terror law is set to take effect tomorrow, Saturday. Justice Secretary Bernardo Guevara says that's in compliance with publication rules since the measure was published in the official gazette or newspapers on July 3rd. President Duterte signed the measure earlier this month, despite increasing calls from various groups to veto the piece of legislation. Critics have described the provisions of the law, including its definition of terrorism, draconian and vague. Under the measure, security forces can wiretap suspected terrorists for up to 90 days. They can also detain them for up to 24 days without charge. There are at least eight Supreme Court petitions challenging the measure's constitutionality. Philippine House Deputy Speaker El Rey Villafuerte tells ABS-CBN's owners to just sell the company and save its people. Villafuerte says he will support a new franchise for the company only if it is under a new management. If they really love the, the 11,000 employees or more, and if they really truly want to serve the Filipino people, ibenta na lang nila yung kumpanya. If they sell it, uh, big companies. Uh, can provide the capital to run it, provide the manpower, uh, financial, economic, ma technical mm -hmm. expertise to, to, to run the company. Villafuerte's suggestion is the same advice floated by President Duterte in December last year to ABS-CBN bosses. The network has been forced to start retrenching its workers after Congress voted against ABS-CBN's ABS franchise renewal bid last week. Several human rights groups, legal experts, and media advocates have decried the network's closure as an affront to press freedom and democracy. ABS-CBN's regional offices signing off next month as a non-renewal of the network's franchise forces retrenchments across platforms. Regional reporters and staff admit to feeling the pressure of losing their jobs. Regional TV Patrol is scheduled to air its last broadcast August 28th. ABS-CBN is closing its regional offices at the end of August. Ayaw lang yung merong mga regional stations na ganito kadami sa, mga, sa buong bansa. So napaka-sakit na buong team na wipe out, mawawala yung programa. Masakit pa rin sa amin, sa mga kasamaan ko, uh, sa group chat namin, nagsinasabi nila uh, in the middle of their sleep, 
nagigising sila, umiiyak mm. because of this. Wala ho talaga kaming maisip pa sa ngayon kung saan kami papupunta. Mm. Yung ibang, uh, yung may local TV station dito, nagtanggal din ng trabaho. Despite the shutdown of various ABS-CBN divisions, the company's foundation will remain in the service of the Filipino people. ABS-CBN Foundation will continue with its public service programs. Bantay Bata 163, Bantay Kalikasan, and Sagip Kapamilya programs will remain helping vulnerable sectors and communities, especially now during the COVID-19 pandemic. As of July 13, over 4.2 million Filipinos have benefited from the Pantawid ng Pag-ibig project under the Sagip Kapamilya program. ABS-CBN is a parent company of this news channel. And those were the latest. I'm Denise Densai. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter.